Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. I'm Alexander Chester. And Av, you have a platform. You should support Israel. I'm Av Sedensky, and I still do all the holidays and stuff. I'm Kelly White, and I'm currently making a list of all the things that are satanic so that I know when I'm doing something and how to avoid them. And hi, I'm Megan. And winter is very expensive to maintain. Welcome to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good and a mashup episode with Nathan for us. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Of course, formerly a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast and presently a The Rehearsal podcast. And Kelly and Megan from Nathan for us, which is a podcast that has covered all of Nathan for you before turning to The Rehearsal. Um, we're here today to discuss episode five, Apocalypto. And it's a, it's a merged podcast. We're very excited. This episode originally aired on HBO on August 12th, 2022. And are you guys ready to eat the poo? Because this might get a little bit dirty. <laughs> well, it was Kelly's concept. So, you know, I'm just here. Yeah. Ah, you always eat. So them. ready. I'm so ready. I'm really excited that we're talking to you guys about this because Megan and I are famously not very religious. So I don't know if we had that many takes. Uh, so I think it'll be a good time to do a collab podcast. All right. Yeah. Um, I consider myself somewhat of an expert on the subject material of this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this episode obviously went to uh, very, very Jewy places in an un- unexpected way, I think. But before we get to that, I wanted to ask you guys, um, you know, I've listened to a couple of your recent episodes, your rehearsal, at the your the rehearsal episodes. I haven't jumped all the way back into the Nathan For You episodes. How did you guys get interested in, in doing the podcast about Nathan For You, which also you did much like we did with Curb many years after it was on the air originally? Well, um, Kelly and I like recently, and I guess by recent, I probably mean two years ago, like at the start of COVID, got really into Nathan for you. Um, And we had stopped seeing each other. Uh, Kelly and I are best friends in real life, and we used to get to spend a lot of time together. Uh, We also both love podcasts, and it's something that we talk about quite often. So as a COVID activity of something we could do separate but together, we decided we would start a podcast, talk about a show we love, and just see how it went. That's very nice. Seems like it went well. And not that dissimilar from our story. Yeah, basically the same. Um, there was, yeah, definitely a time period where I've said before that just having that like one, uh, like one hour slot a week to talk to a different adult than like the one living close to my house and like maybe one person from work. Uh, you know, it was just like nice to see a person. Yeah, definitely. And famously during Kelly's bachelorette party at like 11 o'clock at night, she like dragged me away to go back to our Airbnb so we could watch Nathan for you. <laughs> So we, we bailed on her bachelorette party uh, to, to watch Nathan for you, and we passed that on the couch while everyone else kept partying. So we yeah. thought, you know what? We really love this show. Yeah, yeah we're basically experts at this point, I would say. And I think we, we made a good choice doing it later, like post the show ending, because there's so much information about so many people and so many of the businesses that 
we kind of could give a little bit more color commentary than I think if we had done it when they were coming out. For sure. Yeah, they become TV characters at that point rather than people. So it makes it more convenient to do a podcast. Uh, did, you, did you get roped into doing this podcast by Nathan Fielder trying to convince you that you could make a lot of money doing a podcast about Nathan for you? If you can make a lot of money from it, I'm not aware of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot <laughs> of his ideas are not yeah, great. To be fair, a lot of his ideas are not lucrative. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is in the hobby category. Yeah. We've all kept our day jobs. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Us as well. All right. So, how are we going to do this? Should we uh, jump into the yeah. episode? Yeah, we can just dive in uh, with a very wholesome home video. We open uh, this rehearsal to Nathan Fielder uh, playing dad with his child, and I guess they're playing doctor. Do we think that uh, Dr. Farts is a qualified professional? Well, they don't just call him Dr. Fart if he didn't go through medical school. Like, you, yeah, that would be fraudulent. Yeah, that's a degree. Yeah. So his remedy to most ailments is um, farts and ultimately eating his poo. Um, you know, there's a theme we can shoot back to Nathan for you, where we saw a grandfather who was very keen on drinking his grandson's pee. Do we think that this is a medical advancement <laughs> that we've moved to poo or how do we feel about this remedy? I mean, Nathan must really like this topic because the old man was, you know, pooping with a stranger's help, wiping his butt a couple episodes ago. And so, you know, he insists that it was Adam's concept, which Angela doesn't believe. And I'm, I'm kind of on team Angela here. He's obsessed with poop. Yeah. Um, you know, even if Dr. Farts came up with the initial idea, Nathan certainly decided to show the vignette to Angela on TV, you know, obviously to elicit the reaction that, that he got. So I think the concept was his. Look, Yeah. How do we think HBO reacted to this <laughs> scene specifically? Because I would love to know. Um, this scene probably cost them the least amount of money, so they yeah. were probably okay with <laughs> right. it. I mean, I think Angela going nuts about this, like, harmless juvenile humor is is a little bit ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's not obviously one of the top 100 crazy things she's done, but, like, like farts and poop are not really, like, adult subject matter. They're, like, child as childish as it is. Like, those are, like, kids' favorite topics of jokes. Yeah, this is perfectly well, normal child behavior. Yeah. Um, these are satanic rituals. Well, and I forgot true. Good okay. counterpoint. That is not, counterpoint. not appropriate for children. Um, Angela, who is an expert at uh, stand-up comedy and all things improv, would know. Yeah, she loves Key and Peele, as discussed. So, I mean, she is she knows what comedy is. Yeah, Adam's uh, bedside manner here is also terrible when he's like, do you think it might be cancer? He's like, maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta Maybe say get out of here. Right? You gotta have a get out of here for kids. That's right. Get out of here. Yeah, what are you crazy? Uh <laughs> yeah, so we see this poop segment. I don't know what else to call it. Dr. Mm -hmm. Bart treating Nathan. We also hear Nathan talking about the fact that he is not going to be doing any other rehearsals. He's gotten too deep with Angela. Um, you guys had already seen the episode prior to this week, so you kind of knew that this was coming. But upon your first viewing, how did you feel about no more rehearsals in the finale and this episode? Um, yeah, go ahead, Alex. Well, so I've been referencing for several episodes how, you know, I think the editing of the show is as big a role as in any show. And I think that the editing really decides the narrative. And the example I kept coming to in my head, but I couldn't say that until now, was the fact that, like, clearly 
the producers, if not Nathan himself, and there's no way Nathan didn't practically, like he knew over the course of time of the last couple episodes when he was in California and stuff, that she was not participating in the show, that when he was gone, she was completely giving up the pretense, pretense of the show and not going through the motions at all. Like he knew that, that, that he didn't all of a sudden discover it now, but he chose to place it here now because it sort of drives the narrative forward of her, you know, removal, her, her basically quitting the show. Or well, are we, show. are we sure that that timeline is correct? Like, is it not possible she was game for the first six weeks and then eventually just got sick of it and started? Well, but then you're saying he's lying because he on the, or that he's not telling us the full truth. But on the show, he says that she never made anything for the fake mailman. It's not like she started and then stopped. Uh-huh. OK, fine. Okay. I think I think the implication is that any second that he was not in the house, she was not even trying. She was talking to the actors as actors. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. I, it, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I think that's what the show wants us to believe. Right, guys? Yeah, we actually got a pretty interesting email kind of along those lines from Kyle C. And shout out to Kyle C who sent me he mailed me the Nathan for you DVDs at the beginning of the pandemic so he's a real one yeah um but he kind of suggested do we think it would have been better if they had time stamps on the episode so that we could see like oh this is actually like day whatever versus kind of us guessing that's a that's a great idea from Kyle except that he could fake that if he wants to fake it anyways and tell us something misleading he could fake that also right yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, although that's more, you know, more dishonest to like claim that you're timestamping and then faking it rather than just not yeah. claiming to be doing so. But I, I mean, uh, ah, like when you watch a movie and it says it's five fifty seven in the background, it might not be five fifty seven. It might be a fake clock, like just set. You know, like, <laughs> it's the true. whole thing is a certain artifice. So yes, yes, um, the the cucumber might have a barcode on it. Mm, yes, <laughs> that poor pepper. Yeah, we haven't pepper, seen the pepper, garden sorry. in a while. I guess it's winter, well, it's winter. so that's, yeah. that's winter, probably right. why. <laughs> Winter's expensive. It's more expensive, but probably a lot uh, more convenient for Nathan because he doesn't have to be out in the field like putting in irrigation. And <laughs> oh my gosh, this was so, all just a ruse so he wouldn't have to continue exactly. gardening, yeah. and right. he just decided it was going to be religious. Yeah, Judaism is I a support. cover for gardening. I support that. Months. I hate gardening. <laughs> Same. They sell the, all the stuff in the store. Like it makes no sense. Whatever. Don't yeah. get me started. Okay, but except for green onions, <laughs> regrow really fast, and you just have to put them in a cup of water. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. like that my that's tip? my one gardening uh, okay. tip. <laughs> I feel like my wife and I have black thumbs; like we can't grow anything. So mm-hmm. we've tried tomatoes; they didn't really go. I did when I, even when I was a kid. You put like the you know the toothpicks in the avocado in the cup. That never works. You just get a moldy avocado. We've tried. Yeah, it seems... We've tried nothing because they sell them in the supermarket. <laughs> Touche. So So, we get a montage of great home videos from Nathan, and then we learn that Angela wants to teach Adam about Jesus and Christianity through a faith-based homeschooling curriculum. Full stop. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like no one is surprised here. Like, Yeah. I mean, come on. It's Angela at this point. Yeah. What else was she going to do? She was not going to send them to any other, like, secular school. I mean, it's satanic for sure. I Public did school find... is definitely on the list. Yeah, I did find the website that she was looking at. 26 faith-based homeschool curriculum choices. Mm. Um, it's a research. lot of choices. Yeah, so she has 26 to choose from. They each cost about $20. Um, <laughs> one of them's 13 So, you know, it's not an expensive homeschooling system. HBO's um, paying for it also. Yeah, it seems like uh, they wouldn't have to do much to get this curriculum. So her planning out the five days a week, um, I'm not sure if she actually needs to do that. 
I'm pretty curious about this curriculum now. So is it like, that's like $26 per year? Like how many courses do they take? I have a lot of questions. That's very so cheap for like online school stuff. Well, I just found that one, one that cheap. is $200 a month. So there's 26 okay. different options on this website um, that you can look through and select one. So every time they did flash to her on a computer looking it up, she was actually reading about faith-based education systems. She wasn't on a completely different website. All right. So it's good that we have that realism at least. Yeah. It really solidified that this is a real life scenario. Yeah. <laughs> when Nathan's around, of course. Yes. Yeah. And then we get a we get a little visit from Nathan's parents. Um, they had come by when Adam was three, so a couple days earlier. And had kind of told him that they had some concerns about Angela and the way that Angela was just being a little bit overbearing with the way they were raising Adam. So they brought these two more Jewish parents. They could not be. (laughs) So this is where we really get the conflict of the episode, I would say. Yeah. But like one has to wonder, First of all, you know better than us. Are these, these are his real parents or these are actors? Yes. These, are his, real, real these are his real parents. I thought yes. so. Okay. I didn't yeah. remember, but I thought so. Um, so. What do they think is happening here? Like, why do they care? Like, this is a show. But, well, but they say why. Even if it's a show, he's still falling into his usual habits. And for them, okay. they just see their son doing the thing that he repeatedly does. This time he's pretending to do it, but, you know, they still see the same behavior, the same I choices. I guess. But, like, they don't have to, like blow up his show over it <laughs> well are you but are you implying but does this naturally come from them or does nathan orchestrate this or does nathan i have no idea that's them, what i'm asking that's nathan why i'm asking bring them what on they... set because he knows this is going to happen because why else Could are be. they there right yeah that's why i'm asking what are like yeah. what do they think is going on here yeah i feel like unless your parents are extremely christian it would be very shocking to introduce them to angela like especially since nathan is jewish i feel like there's no way that he didn't realize this was going to be drama yeah, I mean, he still does all the holidays and stuff. <laughs> but he doesn't go to synagogue because he says it's too boring. It's boring. He's, yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I love the parents. I just thought they uh, remind me of so many people I know. Yeah, they're great. They're great. They're which, just, which yeah. unfortunately <laughs> will also be true for another Jew we meet later. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say it does feel like the divorce Nathan and when the the divorce Nathan went through clearly is like affecting this whole situation that we see and we see a lot of like different things happening one specific moment that I really want to talk about Nathan goes to take the cookies out of the oven and one Angela tells him make sure you put on oven mitts which is a wild thing to tell a 38 year old man (laughs) and two she brings them upstairs to like show them to her so she can check if they're done I don't know Would you guys ever be like, yes, I will do that for you? Because I feel like my husband would be like, no, you can just walk downstairs. Well, that's why they're showing it to demonstrate how like he's completely giving in to her and he's he's turning into the subservient role, excuse me, of of other relationships. But yeah, but to me, it seems a little fake. Like, I don't think Angela required that. Right. I think he was doing that, you know, for effect a little bit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, she could be like Loretta Black. He was, uh, she was demanding like that. Yeah, Loretta was. Yeah, that's a good callback to the previous uh, topic of the of <laughs> half of this podcast. <laughs> yes. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, they're, they're really diving into this whole, like, Nathan's thing of, like, you know, he just goes with the flow and he doesn't push back and builds up tension. And um, so do, do we know or do we think that this was, like, religious issues were played a big role in his divorce? Or is that, you know, just unrelated? I, I don't really? believe so. No, we don't okay. know a lot about his divorce. I read online somewhere that she was a non-practicing Christian. She's a librarian from Canada. They don't have kids, right? Um, sounds harmless. No, 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 they don't have kids. I, I don't know if it was a big issue. You know, she's very private. They don't have a lot of information on their divorce. Yeah. Um, but sense. what's interesting is a big premise of this episode is how Nathan's going to take control and do things his way. And it's his show. So he gets to decide what religion is, is a part of this and what is the focus of this episode. But it's really just his parents' opinion. So everything that is impacted is just someone else's opinion that he's going along with. Right. And, and we don't actually get to see what he would truly want and how he would truly raise his kids. I, I guess everyone has some sort of impact from their parents, but um, it's interesting how they just keep replaying this pattern over and over again throughout the series. Yeah. And, yeah, and gonna... his parents seem lovely. So like, I feel like it's <laughs> yeah. not like a trauma thing. But Megan, your perspective is interesting because as you were saying that, I was thinking of a uh, a, a family member that I know who, um, you know, the the parents like to imply that he's being completely controlled by his significant other, and the significant other likes to imply that he's being completely controlled by his parents. And as like an outside observer to this, <laughs> it does strike me as maybe he just needs to be a little bit more assertive in his life in general. And certainly, I think that's true about Nathan in both directions. Yeah, because his parents are coming on his show. And again, it might be because he brought them on. But like, you know, his parents coming on his show and telling him what to do with a fake girlfriend, uh, not even a, a, folk, a fake co-parent. And so and he immediately sort of acquiesces. Right. And the, and the fake wife is also like his employee, like yeah. who has to do whatever he says at the end of the day. So it's like all this like weird thing where like he's in control and yet yeah. he's not in control at all. But isn't that why the order in which they sort of reveal Angela's you know fakeness of the show isn't that interesting because we see it after he sort of hijacks like her show and turns it into his show right which from her perspective she again like she's completely in the right here like what do we care if Nathan's falling into his own his own habits or why does she care this is a show about her not about him he's just there to to, to assist her um but then we find out Oh, well, actually, Angela hasn't been, you know, doing the rehearsal the whole time. So I just think it's interesting the way that they reveal that. And they sort of do it, I think, almost to make Nathan look a little more like the bad guy relative to Angela. I almost think it's the opposite where you feel a little bit. I, I was almost on Angela's side a little bit, and I know that she's a little crazy, but this is supposed to be her rehearsal. And she is to the point where. Uh, her religious beliefs are such a overwhelming priority in her life that she would never be with a partner who didn't have the same level of religious beliefs and had the same wants for their child. So for her personal rehearsal, it it wouldn't make sense that she would compromise that. Um, so yeah. you, no, I agree with you 100% on that. You're completely mm -hmm. right. But it just but she's not even really doing the rehearsal, but we don't no, know. No, and, and that's what gets you on Nathan's side because yeah. she's not invested and she, she doesn't yeah. care. It's also interesting how Patrick, a few episodes ago, um, he also had some anti-Semitic comments and he was also, you know, saying things that Nathan allowed him to say. 
and that he decided that he would allow him to continue with those thoughts and to say them in his, in his rehearsal because it's how he would act in that situation. But he's not allowing that with Angela because of his parents' influence. Yeah. Like you brought it up. Uh, let me ask you guys. I did not, you know, we can get into what she says later in the episode, but I did not hear Angela say anything that was anti-Semitic. She might be anti-Semitic. She's a big Mel Gibson fan, but I didn't hear her <laughs> say anything on the show that was anti-Semitic per se, uh, unlike Patrick. Yeah, it's tough because like, I know I went and read her Variety article after where they talked to her a little bit. And I think if it were me in her shoes, I would immediately lead with like, hey, just so we're clear, I'm not anti-Semitic. And she didn't say that, which makes me side eye her a little bit. Right. But you can see there is one part where she's talking to Miriam at the end where she starts to say I'm not anti and then it gets cut Mm -hmm. off. So I think she was trying to say it and maybe she did say it and it got cut off. It's hard to say. Again, the editing, you know, wants us to see certain things. Right. Um, but she's definitely strong in her beliefs. Yeah. If anything, I mean, we'll get there. But if anything, I think they edited to make Miriam look like the crazy one in that oh, arrangement, not, sure. yeah. not Angela. So, like, I don't mm-hmm. I, I think Angela does OK uh, in the scheme of things this, in this episode. Well, but I mean, Ab, you said before, maybe Angela only checked out halfway through and she was more committed in the beginning. And, you know, I, I don't think that's what the show's saying, but. If yeah. that no, is the case, I, I was just wondering. I wasn't oh, sure. but, but, no, but if that is the case, that puts a total different spin on this whole thing because then it might, it might be that Angela was invested early on and then she sees Nathan taking it over and ignoring what her actual right. desires for her I mean, they literally, like, they, they literally rewind the show because Nathan missed part of it. Like, yeah. Like, if that's not making it about you instead exactly. of about her, like, what else is? Like, we're yeah. literally, oh, we're going to redo those because I wasn't around for it. Yeah, so I think if 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 it is that way, then it's it's a totally different circumstance in terms of like who the bad guy is. But yeah, but I don't think. It yeah, is. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll never know. <laughs> release, release the tape. release the full cut. Yeah, I yeah. want to see the live. We'll watch I need, it. I need someone will. Stamps. Yeah. yeah, we'll get one of those BB updaters. They'll look at it for us. That's right. That's right. There's a whole team of them. And, the, yeah, and then also, it. obviously, like from a rehearsal perspective, if 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 it's now Nathan's rehearsal instead of Angela's. Which, from a viewer's perspective, I think is more interesting. So I'm fine with that. But like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like encourage your child, obviously, to like lie to their other parent about where they've been and go through these ruses. Like, th- this child is not Jimmy McGill to bring up a <laughs> better call. So like, this is like a six year old boy in the world of the rehearsal who's now being told by one parent to lie to the other parent. I mean, that's extraordinarily destructive behavior. Yeah, well, he's an actor, so it's fine. So he's being... <laughs> no, I understand, but like, I'm trying to get into the word. Like, is Nathan taking the rehearsal seriously? Look, no, uh, no way. Adam's not a snitch, okay? Yeah, true. Uh, we know, as it's... he later will tell us. Yeah, although he's he does the thing every kid does, where he's just like volunteering information. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not you know, that it's the great. best. I love yeah. it. That's like okay. the most classic kid thing. Like they walk in the door, they're like, "No, no, I didn't get into a fight today." Like, yeah, I just asked you how your day yeah. was. <laughs> Something um, I I really wish we got this episode was involving the actors' parents a little bit more. Again, we've mm-hmm. gotten to see these interactions in past episodes that I loved. You know, the bad parent agreeing to all these ridiculous things. 
Um, but I wish that they had shown a clip of Nathan calling the parents back and saying, Hey, we're going to be raising Adam as Christian and then calling back and saying, Oh no, we're also going to be raising him as Jewish in secret. Um, also he's not getting swimming lessons. So I I would have really loved that interaction. Right. Right. Yeah. We were under the impression he was getting swimming lessons out of this at least. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I think they're showing, they're getting much less consent from the parents because Robin, it turns out from his vice interview, it, you know, basically, it, you know, it has a long uh, rap sheet with, uh, with, oh. with law enforcement. So when the little bit that they show of Robin on on the screen with the mom and Nathan's like, oh, are you OK with him being the co-parent? She's like, yeah, he seems fine. Like they did not disclose very much to those parents. Robin mainly interacted with a robot baby, though. So yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah that's true. yeah. It so seems like Robin was there for okay. like three I mean, hours. Robots have rights, also, but yeah, we don't know what level of babies. like cognition the robot baby has. <laughs> yeah, knowing Nathan, he wasn't he wasn't going to settle for just a typical non sentient robot. Yeah. Do we think the robot baby believes in Sasquatches, though? Mm. <laughs> or Sasquatches be... satanic, though? It's yeah. Confusing. Probably. So many things to unpack with this show. Yeah. Just I guess so Angela, Angela never gets to meet the, Sas- the Sasquatch guy because he's behind the camera from her perspective, right? Truly unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Those <laughs> two, maybe those two could have ended up together. Maybe they still will. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> One can only hope. <laughs> Rehearse the whole season two. Oh, so yeah. I'm not sure um, if you guys are in any online groups, but Robin actually posted quite a few photos of him and Angela together yeah. and has strongly implied that uh, things are going well or that at least they've spent time together since the show. Yeah. Yes, adult sleepovers even. Oh, wow. Yeah, R- Robin yeah. is certainly making some implications. Yes, very direct ones. Yeah, no condoms, I hope. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Ooh, I hope he's ready to homeschool that kid, though. Right, right. Well, he got a proper rehearsal. No, he's, he's out of here. He's got to get to sleep. <laughs> he's going to leave the first night. Yeah. All right. So we then get this kind of voiceover. Nathan's telling us he wants to practice getting what he wants without fighting, which is extremely relatable. I feel like doesn't everyone <laughs> want that? Yep. Um, <laughs> and we get the reveal that it's winter, but it's not actually winter. They have blasted the whole set with snow, which is incredible i mean happy to see this hbo budget going to good use um here and later on in the episode and we see nathan bring in of course another nathan fielder method graduate (laughs) angela's fake double actress um who's named anna in real life and she is incredible holy moly so good does this prove that the Fielder Method is the greatest <laughs> acting school of all time? Because her performance is exquisite. Oh my god! Yeah. I I wrote down like the timestamp for when I thought they were almost going to kiss, and I like gasped. Oh my god. Okay, Megan and I watched this episode together. Oh nice! And like we had to stop because I was like, did they just almost kiss? I was convinced when they get into the fight and she's yelling at him and knocks over the lamp that they were going to kiss. Yeah. Which yeah, is interesting. She's like, do you feel anything? Yeah. I was like, whoa. But we have we haven't seen like Nathan and Angela kiss. No, no. certainly not. <laughs> no. They don't, they do. Right. Yeah. So like that's not rehearsal. Or well, I don't know. You, what's what, going you on never, here? I mean, you gotta rehearse every possible outcome. Right, right. Every option. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna tell Anna, like, now we have sex. I'm sorry, we just have to prepare just in case. We have to be prepared. Yeah. yeah. He has the flow chart ready. <laughs> that's right. Nathan it's has right. the flow chart. <laughs> how to please a woman and drive her wild <laughs> right. all night long. Yeah, he read the book, right? 
No, it's got the audiobook, I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah. The problem, yeah is, so... the problem is it's read by someone with Nathan Fielder's voice. So <laughs> that's even better. That's a, yeah. That's I can't tell reference. if that's amazing or worse. Yeah. It's a Seinfeld reference. <laughs> ah, you got it right. Oh, now I do. Yeah. <laughs> George, George doesn't like listening to books on tape that are read by people with George's voice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now I do. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that digression. <laughs> It's all good. So we this is where we first start seeing uh, fake Angela pointing out the fact that it's Nathan's project and therefore she doesn't have a say, which I think we've gotten into a little bit, but probably warrants a larger discussion um, just in general about this weird power dynamic that we're seeing in the show, which is likely the whole point of the show, I imagine. Yeah, so I'm not the ethicist you've been looking for, but I could still give my opinion, I suppose, this night not being eminently qualified. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we've been we've been definitely getting into it. I mean, he definitely does, like, hijack this whole thing at a certain point, which, like, from the, our perspective is, like, fine. Like, we're watching the Nathan Fielder show. Um, but, like, he is kind of, like, you know, entering into this under false pretenses with her. But, like, he's doing that for everyone he's interacting with on any of his shows, for the most part, to, like, some extent. So it's, like... This, I think we're just like more to Angela than we do than we are to like the people from Nathan for you and from earlier. So I don't know that what he's doing is like qualitatively worse or different than what he always does. Yeah, we we get him directly saying this episode that he's not making fun of the people in the episode. He's more so just coming up with silly situations and the situations are funny, but he's not laughing at the people or the actors. Um, within the show, which was interesting to hear him directly say. Yeah. Um, I mean, he certainly, you know, maybe he believes that. I mean, I don't know. Like, um, certainly he's like choosing people that lend themselves to being funny in, cer- in a certain way, right? Yeah, like, he's not like certainly... randomly going out into the world and being like, oh, let's do it with this guy. Yeah. yeah. He's, um, he said this in old interviews too, like going back to like 2014. Um, he's talked about the fact that like his goal is always to put people in these weird situations and then he likes being involved in them specifically. Um, so I definitely feel like he's not just like making it up on the spot. This is like a very strong opinion he's always had. Yeah. You guys have you guys have covered all the Nathan for you's. Have you looked at any of his like stuff, his pre Nathan for you stuff, like his local Canadian stuff? Yeah, this hour has 22 minutes. Yeah. I've seen Who's some the of the tallest clips Canadian. <laughs> it, it's it's really good stuff. Um, it's it's very very funny, and yeah, I feel like I need to get into more of it. How He's long has that writer. show been on the air in Toronto, in Canada? Because oh. I lived in Toronto twenty five years ago, that it was on the air. Oh, that's a great question. They're on TikTok actually, um, but I don't know how long it's been on. Forever, it feels like twenty nine seasons allegedly. Wow. Yeah, it's sort of like the, the Daily Show or SNL or something in between the two of them, right? Yeah, it, but very Canadian-based. Yeah. Specific Canadian jokes. We have different mm. jokes up here. <laughs> I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Lots of that, you know, that's very uh, internationally known, like divisive, horrible Canadian politics that's, you know, <laughs> getting everyone all up in arms. I mean, our premier ate a B the other day and it made big news, so... <laughs> before before she went to bed tonight my wife told me she was very sad she watched on tiktok about somebody who raised the bee for 28 days and then it died 
Oh. And then I said, well, how long does a bee normally live for? She's like, less than a week. I'm like, so why is this a sad story? The bee lived to be 300 years old. Like, celebrate. It's really her just thinking about the fact that all bees are dying that made her sad. Well, I guess so. That's a message we can all get behind. Yeah. Save, yeah, the save, save yeah. the bees. Not save a hot button topic we like, yeah. like we get onto on this show. <laughs> is oh, is yeah. the segue back into the show Winter in Canada? Yes, mm. yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the so Canadian my... government has gone to great lengths to keep <laughs> yeah, it always in the state keep, of winter. To keep winter. So my favorite part about the winter segment is when he goes anywhere else outside of that circle and there's still snow on the car. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. This warms or cools my little heart. Yeah, yeah, what I do think... the neighbors think? Because we see like the um, the camera from above and there's other houses in the area. Yeah, so this is a pretty big property. We found the name of it and looked it up, and I, it's oh. like many acres. Um, so I don't know if those are properties, like oh, houses on the property. It might just be different areas because they do weddings at this place as well. Oh, so the whole thing might be other buildings. Probably. Yeah, that makes sense. That's too bad. I would love to have this house in my neighborhood. I know. <laughs> It'd be so just go, just go grab some cucumbers and and peppers for dinner. Yeah. Here's a true story. The house that I am in presently, my house, which is very old, it was built in 1870. Before, in like the 90s, it was known in the neighborhood as the Halloween house because the people who lived here in the 90s would not just decorate the front yard with a lot of Halloween stuff, which, you know, people do in certain neighborhoods. Like you, you always see houses like that. They would also decorate the entire first floor of the inside of their house and they would just leave the door open the whole month of October and neighbors would just come in and stroll through like it was like a haunted house, which is... A completely insane thing to do for like your <laughs> primary home where you live. I don't know. Maybe 2022 is a different world. So but now like, all the neighbors are pissed that you discontinued well, no, the no, Halloween no, no. party. It was discontinued well before <laughs> me because there's been like five owners since then. Got it. But like when, like when we first moved to the neighborhood, older people were like, oh yeah, oh you live in the Halloween house. And so, if you ever sold your home, would you use the ghost realtor? Um, we actually also, there was a, there was a rumor that we had two ghosts in our house. Uh-huh. Oh my God. I'm but, coming over immediately. Yeah, no, the word you're, the word you're looking for is not rumor. Yeah. Yeah. My, no, my, so my wife, my wife actually, she's like very into like the old history of our town. So she looked it up and found out the reason in like 1900 in the census, there was two servants listed on the census. And then 1910, like the next census it was everybody was there except the two servants and there's no mention of them. So she thinks that's where it came from because the specific rumor is that there's two ghosts who are maids who clean up the house when no one's looking and they do not exist. I promise. <laughs> I've lived here for five years. So, but she thinks that's yeah, where it I mean, it's from. not a mystery. We know what happened to the, the people. They died. That yeah. doesn't mean that they're ghosts. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, obviously all the people from yeah. that time died. <laughs> yeah. But that's probably, we assume that's where this, this rumor came from and for the fact that they died. Therefore, no, just, they're ghosts. No, well, but they're listed on the census. They're not listed on the next census. So, yeah. Because they died. I, I know. <laughs> but if you want to believe in ghosts. Then why saying, those people? I don't Everyone think. died. Okay. So, you're saying. So, that's not the source of it. Okay. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, that was I have Lewis. multiple questions. Okay, uh, yeah. The Please. first, Alex. <laughs> do you believe in ghosts? No, of course not. <laughs> Oh my god, not this again. <laughs> oh no. Did I start something? Well, no, it's I mean, fine. Define believe in ghosts. Like I enjoy talking about it because it's fun, but like, do I actually believe there are like Caspers or like sentient no, creatures there's... that are invisible in my house? No, there's no ghost. Big... There's just one big ghost who's in charge of everything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, we famously <laughs> used to ask all of the guests that would come on our podcast is is it cheating if it's with a ghost? Yeah. 
Well, no, um, because it's nothing. No, I disagree. Yeah. Well, I if guess you if, believe you, if you believe the ghosts are real, right? Yes. If you don't believe in ghosts, I agree with that. So I can have sex with as many ghosts as I want. And my wife <laughs> can't say anything to me because I don't believe in them. So. Um, and two, do you think that the neighborhood dislikes you because you no longer host a first floor haunted house experience for them? Is it them telling you about it, their disappointment yeah. that you have discontinued the tradition? Yeah, so that's what I was asking before. Fortunately, it was discontinued well before our arrival at like five owners before. Like there's been a lot of owners. Mm. Um, you didn't ruin like, the tradition. Yeah. And also most of our neighbors are also like there's 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 in my immediate vicinity. There's very few that have been here for more, like even longer than us. It's like a lot of turnover. So. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, right. They're just they're just like really passive aggressive neighbors. They're like, oh, the Halloween house. All right. Yeah. All right. It's the Halloween. So, you know, you know what goes on Halloween, right? Yeah. Um, we give candy to people who bring the doorbell. That's what happens on Halloween. Yeah, that's our. That's as long as you're not like a raisins or toothbrush house, you're <laughs> you're in the clear. No, my my wife would never tolerate that. My wife has to get like very good candy. Yeah, the Ooh, mistake, my, my mom's. The mistake we made the first year is like because we have little kids, and so little kids go to bed. We don't want the doorbell ringing, so we turn the lights off, and then we left candy in like a basket at the front door. He said, please take one. And then I came five minutes later, like literally five minutes later, and they were all gone. I was like, oh, that was very stupid. Yeah. 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 It works better in Canada. Oh, Canadians are too honest for that. Yeah, we we would only take one. But my mom's a school teacher, and so she always gets the full-size chocolate bars because she wants to be beloved in the town. Um, So she she gives out the good chocolate. That's as good as it gets, a full-size candy Mm -hmm. bar. All right, so we go back to Nathan and Angela. They're talking in real life, real Angela. Uh, He broaches the subject. She's a hard no. Um, (laughs) She says she cannot participate in Judaism at all. And then she throws in that Apocalypto is her favorite movie ever. (laughs) And like Passion of the Christ is right there. So I'm so confused by this. It's very confusing. Nathan's disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't familiar with this Apocalypto. I, I watched the trailer of it today. It does not look good. Well, no. Better or worse than pa- what... The Passion of the Christ. No, it's <laughs> definitely better than Passion of the Christ, I will say. But it has I like considered... human sacrifice and stuff in it. I'm so oh. rattled that she would pick this movie. It seems I satanic. Considered... I don't know. She has to learn what is and isn't satanic. Yeah, you would think human sacrifice would be satanic. <laughs> if I, you know, if I was listing things that were satanic. <laughs> Do we think that the practice conversation uh, would have gone better if they had done it in the Raising Canes instead? <laughs> yes, always. Probably. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're eating good chicken. It's not about the All conversation. It's... it's about where you have the conversation. You're That's pretending the to eat good chicken. <laughs> yeah, he didn't employ his other tactics that we saw him use with Core, which is like he needed Angela to take a bite and then say <laughs> the thing so that her mouth was full and she couldn't respond. Yeah, that's but true. Totally forgot next about that. time. Yeah, I, I'm surprised they haven't. And you might argue maybe this is what happened here, but like they haven't done any rehearsals where like doing the rehearsal is like is what screwed it up. Like you could totally see that happening. Like you kind of like overhyped yourself for a conversation that's like not that big of a deal. Like that could have easily happened with Core, right? Like he was building up this huge thing and like Nathan was like hyping that up for him and like he was like going to a conversation that wasn't really that bad. Um, and that maybe, is what I, happened though, isn't it? No, because it ended up being fine. He ended up coming through. Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. Um, But here, like, it goes very badly. And, like, I wonder if, like, you know, fake Angela, like, kind of, like, prepared her, him to be, her to be on, like, such a defensive that he, like, comes in the wrong way. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like this this doesn't go well. 
this episode, we see Nathan a lot more aggressive than we do in any other episode of the rehearsal, certainly. And even some episodes of Nathan for you. Like, I think we see him break character uh, a lot in this one. Well, well, the- well so l- let me ask you the question, because I think like the biggest moment in the episode, right? Like that we talked about the almost kiss with Anna as fake Angela. Do we think that that's his real reaction or do we think he's an actor? Because if he's an actor, he's a very good actor. Um, it, it seems like it's real, but I have who know what's real here. So what do you guys think? Well, he's coming out with a, a scripted show, uh, The Curse, soon, where we'll see him as an actual actor and we can confirm if he's a good actor or not. Fair. <laughs> For now, will, it, it's very Will he be to performing tell. the the Fielder method <laughs> in that show? That's the question. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really hard to say. It feels like his response to Anna, to me, looked like he was acting um, or at least like he was in the minds, the head space of like, I'm Nathan Fielder of the rehearsal. But he doesn't not, want like, us to think that, right? Like that's what, because yeah. he, he says sort of in a shaken voice, like, can you do it a little bit nicer? Like he wants us to think that's a real reaction. Well, the issue with all of the other rehearsals were that there wasn't enough feeling in it. And that's why Cor had stuttered and paused before actually revealing his secret. And so in this rehearsal, we see Angela or fake Angela telling him directly, like, you're standing there like a stone. You don't have enough feeling. You don't have enough emotion. So did he need to figure out how to get more emotionally invested in that rehearsal for the real thing to go better? Yeah, she's cutting deep. You know, you guys brought yeah. up the, you guys yeah. brought up like the the possibility of a kiss before, and now that I'm thinking about it, it might have been that that's what Anna was setting up as an option. But because Nathan is so passive, he just sort of stepped back. Yeah, it we also been, might like, have been reading way too yeah. much into it. We just got excited. <laughs> I don't no, know. But we I thought all that all, we all independently. Ah, you thought that also, right? Yeah, for sure. So we we all independently thought that. Like, it, it's you know, I don't know. No, it's it's portrayed as like a legitimate thing that's happening. Yeah, he tilted his head slightly, so we were like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I, I really mean, taken I don't even, me there out are awkward kids. consent issues on a show where what's fake, what's real, who's acting, who's not. Like, you know, I don't even, I have no idea how to navigate that because. Well, we're gonna listen to the episode with the ethicist. We'll find out the answers to all these questions. <laughs> okay. They'll tell us the correct answers. Can't wait. Because it's yeah, this stuff has been on my mind. It's it's a uh, it's an interesting show. It's an interesting show. Well, in Nathan for you, he hires an actor to to go on a date with, and like even now, there's still articles written about how much chemistry they have and. Um, how like they're probably dating even in the bio about Nathan's divorce it talks about Maisie the, this actress um, who he was probably seeing because they had so much chemistry on the show and she was very clearly an actor hired for this as an escort and so even actors who are told oh treat me this certain way people will think that it's real after the fact yeah I mean, I was most people of, meet um... partners at work right isn't like statistically like so this is his work. Megan. What? <laughs> you met your partner at work. Oh, well, kind of. Yeah. So, so did I. We met at, uh, and we were working in the same place at the same time. Although we 50%. were equals. It's very, yeah, but it's very different, obviously, when one is like the creator of the whole show. Yeah. I was yeah, getting shades like that of power the, dynamic. Yeah. I was getting shades of the I love you again, girl, when he said the like when she would again but nicer yeah. yeah that's exactly what it sounded like to me when he kept just saying again and like getting more upset so i want to see the clip of her, of her doing it nicer <laughs> maybe they kissed <laughs> well maybe they're dating release the footage yeah 
Release them all. So we get this uh, big little big argument that goes on between Nathan and Angela. And then Nathan decides the best way to move forward is he's going to sign up Adam for swimming lessons, but secretly he's actually taking him to synagogue. Um, but he realizes he can't actually answer a lot of the questions that Adam has. So instead he finds a tutor. <laughs> the craziest part about this whole thing for me was that everything is happening and it's still COVID. Like they, everywhere they, yeah. every time they leave the house, everyone's in a mask and it's like very yeah. jarring. Yeah, and the, at the synagogue, there's so few people and they're so spread out. Yeah. And you have to remind yourself, like, oh, no, this is this is why we're doing this in this super remote place again. Right. Yeah. But, like, I think, like, Portland is probably a more COVID-conscious place than most par- than many parts of America also. Anyway, even now. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, one of Adam's questions, of course, is why do the women not wear hats? Which, to us as Orthodox Jews, is funny because... Orthodox Jewish women always cover their hair um, more so than than the men, actually. But of course, yeah, you know, in in, in the synagogue, in, in most synagogues, it's not really like that. So, yeah, it's pretty wild that he wins Adam over with a kippah. He's like, here, yeah. I have a kippah for you. Yes. Do you want it? Because I ask my boys all the time and they say no. So. <laughs> I feel like it's like the most leading thing ever, though. If you ask a kid yeah. if they want anything and then right. you're like, but you can't have it if you don't do this, like they're obviously going to Yeah, then yes. my kids will say, oh, great. Then I can go eat a cheeseburger. That sounds much better. Yeah. Look, do you this... speak English is the, was my favorite part of the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> this kid is just the most down for anything. He's he's yeah. the most like, yes, and he'll agree to anything. He's he's like the perfect sidekick. Well, he understands sketch comedy. You have to escalate the sketch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Has he seen Key and Peele? Possibly. <laughs> He should watch you, it, probably. You see Angela showing it to him when Nathan's away, <laughs> being like, this is comedy, not not Dr. Fart. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I feel like he might be a little too edgy for Angela. Maybe she saw it back when she was uh, smoking weed and uh, drinking alcohol. <laughs> in her fun days. Engaging in satanic practices. Escalate the sketch is kind of like the mission statement for Nathan Fielder's whole career, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But I had to go further. Yeah. Yes. I wasn't, but is it ever I wasn't far, far enough? enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, let's meet Miriam. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Miriam. <laughs> So yes, Miriam, the uh, she's like his Jewish tutor, I guess, is the best description. Yeah, um, I had a lot of questions. Um, you know, how did how did Nathan find her? Like, who is she in real life? Like, what's her title? Is she a rabbi? Is she a teacher? She's Israeli, I think. She's well, she's Romanian, mm-hmm. but she yeah. So um, Jim Crumley, one of our listeners, sent us right under the gun, like three minutes before we started, an interview with her just posted yes. this week. Uh, she had not. Did you guys have a chance to read that? Yeah, I briefly skimmed it, but um, yeah, go ahead. Well, she uh, she had not had a chance to see the episode yet, so she was a little apprehensive about how she'd be portrayed, she said, because uh, she said she gave him a lot of stuff, and um, uh, which she did. And then also, she did respect the NDA more than uh, many of the other interviews we've seen, and, she's, and so she wouldn't answer any questions in particular about the show, but she did answer questions about her life in general and her background and how she ended up in Portland. Um, so, yeah. But uh, I mean, she seemed unlike Robin's interview in Vice, for example, she seemed uh, much more normal and nice in her interview that I read than, uh, than she comes off on the show. Well, she hasn't seen herself portrayed yet. Maybe if she's not happy with that, <laughs> she'll, she won't be so happy. Yeah, I, that's a very fair point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think we go on a real ride with her because like I, I imagine we were all cheering for her at the beginning. She sure. seemed very fun. Yeah, yeah, she was just like a sweet kindergarten teacher at the beginning. At first, yes. Yeah. 
Um, now, can we talk about some of the lies that fake Adam has to tell her? Like the shower <laughs> accidentally turned on and then I. <laughs> but fake Adam pulled that out immediately. Like, <laughs> I like, love him so much. Yeah, he, he's great. I mean, I don't want to get like really dark here, but like usually if a parent is like forcing a child to lie in like these ridiculous ways to strangers, it's to hide something like very bad right like you always tell kids like you should never have secrets right you can have surprises but never secrets and like it's like very bad and manip- like i don't know what you know if if we look at it from the context of like what does miriam think is happening here what does she think the relationship is because if if, uh, if if i unless she knew it was like that there was a fake parent like if i saw and it kind of sounded from the interview that i read uh, that we read it kind of sounded like she did know that it was a fake relationship and that, or that it was a rehearsal relationship but like if she didn't if i'm like seeing a, a parent a child come out and give an obvious lie about a parent in the bathroom i'd be like very nervous you know yeah the bathroom I, situation especially is like very uncomfy yeah I mean, it's not something to joke about, like, you know, like yeah, when he's happens. like, oh, well, he fell. He actually turned the shower on. Look, right. Like alarm yeah, yeah. bells should be going off right yeah. there. Like, that's not I, normal. Watching the show, especially the ending where they were talking about getting Angela to leave and the fact that Nathan has custody and she was surprised by that. Um, it really led me to believe that she was not aware that it was a fake relationship. Yeah, well, well, I think that's. I mean, if that's the interpretation, then she's like an insanely evil person, right? Yeah. Like she, she's like all, cheering. Okay. Well, okay. So yeah. She, so she shows up in the middle of non-winter and sees pretend winter everywhere, <laughs> which means it's not Hanukkah. Hanukkah is in December. Right. That's so true. I didn't even think of that. There, she's right. She's like... a fake Hanukkah, which is clearly not. So I have to assume, I, I have to assume that she knows it's fake because otherwise her response to this child's mother has just moved out should not be the word awesome. That's like fucking psychopathic. <laughs> well, if she really thinks she's like, oh, you know, crazy anti-Semite, I don't know, whatever. But, no, the, but, the, but then the, good for a child. I mean, but the flip side of that, though, if it's fake, she shouldn't like feel that strongly that she needs to go like confront this woman. Listen, she's a zealot fighting anti-Semites wherever <laughs> she finds them. Like it's not really their kid. She traveled like, from <laughs> Romania to New York to Portland to find anti-Semites. And she's here. That's right. Them. Wherever she finds them. <laughs> she's not the and she's finding them in all sorts of places. Yeah. I mean, listen, she finds anti-Semites and uh, our friend Angela, uh, not our friend, but she finds Satanists. So. Listen, you don't just overcook a hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah. So we 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 get to uh, yeah. Miriam thinks Angel's an anti-Semite, and uh, yeah. I, I don't. I I think Angel's many things, but that's not one of them. Yeah. Unless they just like they cut out worse things. We have no idea. Like maybe there was stuff that she said that yeah. Well, that okay, but justified yeah, on, it. On the air, she says she wants to raise her child. She doesn't want her raise her yeah. child to be part Jewish because she's a faithful Christian. Like yeah, that's a that's reasonable com- position. Completely fine. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of people feel that way. Yeah. Well, Miriam, lots of people feel that way. Completely fine, maybe not. But lots of that, that's, that's Miriam, a normal. Miriam thing. says maybe one day you'll understand that the world does not revolve around Jesus Christ. Like, I'm not really sure about that. It kind <laughs> yeah, of does. you may you might want to fact check that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what year is it? Right. It's rough. It's rough watching their interaction. It's just like the whole thing is hard to watch. Um, and Nathan's just kind of standing there, taking Miriam's side as best he can. As Miriam shoots from the hip, as she has pulled us <laughs> in the car right over. Yeah, but, Nathan's uh, pushing. Uh, Nathan's pushing Angela out the door at this point. Yeah, no one's winning here except for Nathan, I guess, and us as viewers. Yeah. 
So I'm curious if there's a better excuse than swimming Nathan could have used. Obviously, it's a very difficult excuse to execute as he needs to pour water on Adam's head every time, but that's what makes it funny. So is there a funnier excuse he could have used? Because obviously, there's a much simpler one he could have used. Yeah, like piano lessons would be better, for example. (laughs) What color is the piano off? Right. Oh, we, 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 we're going to Black the library. Yeah. Hey, mom, I play piano. There are 88 keys. <laughs> the teacher's name so was Bob. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He had a mustache. His whistle was red. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess they could go to like a, like a carnival every time. And like, yes, like come oh. back with uh, like big stuffed That's animals. So much stuff to remember. Right. Right, he has to remember how he tell him how he did in all the different games, all the tickets. Yeah. What what you know when then the next lie is we're going to feed the chickens and then they go hide in the basement to light the the menorah. Like this made me I mean it was very funny, but also I could understand why you'd be a little uncomfortable with this because like Jews having to hide and like try and secretly observe the rituals from real anti-Semites, like in basements and stuff, and attics is like a real part of our history. And so like Nathan well, specifically it's the it's the Hanukkah story. Yes, yes exactly. in particular. Yes, literally. Um, I didn't even think about that till now. Is, is Nathan doing that? Is this all a religious uh, simile? I would metaphor? guess not. I don't think yeah. it was inten- that was intentional, but maybe. Yeah. No, I, I again, I everything's intentional. Everything's intentional, right? Everything's Everything that's smart is intentional. Yeah. Yes. I, I personally, I'm pro all the Holocaust <laughs> jokes. I'm pro whatever you want. I say laugh at everything, but you know, my my mother in law would not like this episode. <laughs> Now, I feel like there's definite access to this basement from the main house because we see Nathan's cats roaming around in the basement. And obviously, he has not locked his cats in the basement. So I don't know if they need to sneak down there. They could just say they're doing literally anything down there. Like, we see that Angela doesn't really care that much. She just wants to, like, dance or whatever in her room. Like, she was in the room dancing when Adam OD'd when he was 16. So, like, I feel like they could have just done it in another room and she wouldn't have cared. Yeah. Or do it in the actual chicken coop. Oh, but the fire near the chickens. I imagine there's real chickens because it is a Nathan Fielder show and he does always like to do things. He was going to feed them, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, just the thought that I just had though, like, and maybe someone need answer this, but like, if so, if she's completely not invested, then like, why does she care if the kid is like, all like, fine, so like, go do your Jewish thing with like, while I'm like watching TV, like, she doesn't care anyway. Well, like, why invested, is she putting her foot down? She's invested when Nathan's there. Yeah. She's invested right. when Nathan's there. Okay. Because that's Nathan's whole point. He's like, you're, you don't try to do this rehearsal when I'm away, but you really want to control it and dictate what this is for me when right. I'm here. Yeah. So that's why that's why we perceive her as the bad guy. Well, and that's why yeah. she's kind of the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's just like she like she just like shouldn't care. Like she she really shouldn't. Yeah, I like... feel like part of it too is that she wants to show that she's like a quote heavy air quote a good mm. Christian on the TV show. Mm. So I think she's very aware of how she's going to be perceived if she were to let her child be quote unquote raised Jewish, her <laughs> right. child. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, Adam. but like everyone in everyone who is shown in this episode cares very deeply about this from both sides. So it's like <laughs> it's all even though it's all pretend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess some things go deeper than reality. Yeah, and Angela says Nathan likes to manipulate people and lie. And like, <laughs> yes, I agree with her. Yes, 100%. that's the show. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen our Based. show? Face take. And you guys, great news: the alligator bar is back. Mm. All right. Yes. Well, Nate's Lizard Lounge is back. <laughs> Please, yes. She frequented this bar in real life. 
Oh my gosh, we're so, so jealous. jealous. Not not Nate's Lizard Lounge, of course. <laughs> or maybe, maybe maybe yes, I don't know. I mean, how cool, it... Would it, how cool would it be to own your own bar that HBO paid for? <laughs> Why couldn't they just call it Dumb Alligators Bar? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that would have been a point. great callback. Yeah. <laughs> Although so... maybe, maybe he doesn't want to do that because maybe he doesn't want people to find, like he doesn't want people to think it's Nathan for you. He, he wants them to think it's like a real bar. Yeah, it is a real wanted, bar. I think yeah. he really wanted those locals coming in. Yeah, I I didn't know it was so easy to get a liquor license in Oregon. You get one temporary for like your fake show, like when you have HBO behind you, you could probably make so. a lot of things happen. Perhaps. Yeah. Would you guys go to a bar where you first open a door and walk through a long winding hallway for like ninety feet? I'd be a little scared. I would think it's probably know, an awesome bar. I don't bar, know yeah. at what point you walk back though. Like, how deep <laughs> in do you get? At some point, you're like, I'm yeah. already, I'm already in it. Right. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's how. That's how yeah. they get you. I did convert 82 feet to meters because I was like, I don't know how much that is. And it's 24 meters. So it's almost the length of a swimming pool. Yeah. If anyone needs a visual on how far that is. And is also in Canada. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not, it's not short. And it's, and it's weird because you're entering, like, it looks like a warehouse. It's like a giant building. And then you just enter a tiny hallway. <laughs> I've gone to some pretty bad bars. So I feel like I would venture inside. <laughs> Megan and I used to frequent a bar that was in a basement where everything was wet all the time. Oh, that sounds very oh. The walls were wet. Wet the with what? Always flooded. <laughs> you don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We hope water. We hope it wasn't raw sewage. Yeah. Well, if anyone's been to Phil's in Waterloo, shout out. <laughs> yeah. There's like you immediately know. a steep staircase down and it's a university bar. And if you could make it to the bottom without falling, like you were good to go. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Phil, for sponsoring the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we also see our couple of our uh, old friends in the Lizard Lounge, specifically Thomas, is slinging Zaw in the back there. <laughs> yeah. Glad um, to see him. I mean, uh, does every single person in this bar, like uh, uh, not not the actor people, but like the the locals who come, they must have to sign something, right? Because their faces are disclosed. They're not they're not fuzzed out. I don't think. Yeah, they're not. No, they must. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Nathan's going around introducing mm-hmm. himself to people, saying, "Oh, welcome to my bar. I'm Nate." That's the dream of having your own bar. I think that'd be yeah. Fun. Yeah. So that, no, now we have our dream bar, where you first have to walk 90 feet to get to a door, and then you you're immediately forced to sign a waiver upon entering the bar. It's gonna be a great night. Yeah, I, I feel like you must just tell people like, "Oh, yeah, it's a reality TV show. Don't worry about it." Right? Yeah, it's the I only assume, way you can get around it. I assume that's what what happens. Yeah. And like just people just have like a very innate desire to be on TV um, and they'll just yeah. like sign things if you tell them they'll get to be on TV. Do we think it was free to like drink and eat there too? Or like was that how they're recouping some of the costs <laughs> from HBO paying for this? That could be. Um, yeah, Nathan, maybe we'll find out in the final episode that Nathan's, uh, you know, quit acting and he's just going to run this bar and he's doing really well. If it was a free bar, I'd be much more full. Unless it was like COVID rules that couldn't fill more than that many people at a time. Oh, yeah, true. Maybe it's a haunted bar, and that's the start of the curse. Mm, Possible. (laughs) Is is going to an open bar a satanic ritual? Probably, yes. I've learned, like, anything that is fun sounds like (laughs) it's probably a satanic ritual if we're going by Angela's standards. Yeah, well, that's how Satan gets you. Yep. Yeah. He also owns Google. (laughs) (laughs) Right, he controls Google. He controls everything. Yeah, no eating poo. All of those fun activities that we were all going to get up to later today. Frankly, eating chocolate is probably also satanic. So he, he was covered either way. Yeah. 
So we learn um, Angela has also not been keeping up with her fake Etsy business, <laughs> which <laughs> we had discussed this a little bit and had looked for the Etsy business on the podcast. Mm. Couldn't find it. Obviously, now we know it is absolutely not real. But uh, loved to see the USPS fake driver. Incredible touch. So what was she supposed to be doing for her fake Etsy business? She was Creating supposed to be cream. S- selling the skin creams that she was making. <laughs> so but, in but to, her fake actually... reality. Yeah. So in her dream future, she is a very successful Etsy owner. Mm-hmm. So her typical day to day would be fulfilling these orders while managing a family. So she was supposed to be fulfilling fake orders <laughs> that a very real mailman would pick up. Uh huh. And go, and they would she, go where? Who knows? <laughs> like was somebody really buying stuff? <laughs> was so, is somebody is somebody is there a customer out there on Etsy who didn't get their stuff because Angela blew it off? That's what I want to know. I know. I think HBO just bought something and mailed it to them. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I wonder if they were just like empty boxes she was supposed to be packing to. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I would, I'd really like them to drill down more on this. We saw her making skin, skin cream at one point. So there was at least a brief period of time she was actively creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know, follow your dreams, everybody. For if you sure. want to start an Etsy business, go right ahead and do that. But don't fulfill fake orders. Yeah. yeah. If somebody buys your stuff, you should send it to them. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, how do we feel when fake Angela threw the lamp also in their argument? Riveting. I love Riveting her. TV. I wish she'd throw a fake lamp at me. Listen, she's escalating. She knows how to do improv. Right. She's learning. She really does. Do you want Nathan to feel something? Oh, he felt yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. And then we do get the big confrontation of real life Nathan and Angela. Um, he calls her controlling. And she kind of pushes it back onto him. And she says, you know, I can't see the end in sight. I'm, I feel like I've gotten closure from the project. And she decides she wants to leave. So I'm surprised that they didn't actually let her experience the 18-year-old Adam. Do we think that they filmed that and then she left? or And they didn't show it? Or that just never happened? Sounded like she said she was done. No. Yeah, I would guess that it just never hit. They never got she, back. She quit the way the Patrick quit. Yeah. I mean, she, <laughs> All she got off to, go, to find a funnel cake. Yeah. <laughs> she got to go to 15 at least with Josh. Right. He only died um, once. He only died the one time. I mean, I don't blame her for this at all. Like, it's pretty shitty that Nathan turned back time on her. Yeah. She probably didn't know she was going to be here for this long. I understand why she would quit as well. Yeah, it seems completely reasonable to me that she's had it. Um, it's, I mean, it's a very crazy thing to begin with. So listen, she did it for a long time. It's, uh, it's like not working out. So, you know, time to move on. But it's a great house. So yeah. I would also try to keep that going instead of going back to my apartment. Fair, fair. Yeah, her apartment was pretty small. I wonder if she could work as like a PA or something. <laughs> All right, so I want I want to talk about for a second. You know, you 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 referenced it and you said it was like the great confrontation, and I'm really disappointed because like it, it wasn't like to, to me like the you know the 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 Nathan and the fake Angela going hard at him was like to me like the best part to that point of the show of the series. You know, Nathan again, like is he acting? Is he actually affected? And then you're so excited, or, or speaking for myself, you guys tell me if you disagree. I was so excited 
like to see Nathan discover that Anna has been faking it the whole time. And I'm like, yes, he's going to confront her about how she's faked it. And it's going to be so satisfying. And then we don't even get that. And it's like, he rehearsed for this and everything. And he just like wilted. And it was just so disappointing to me. Like I, I was all pumped up to see this like confrontation and it didn't really happen that way. And he just sort of meekly said, okay, we're going to go our separate ways. You're going to leave the show. He never gets, a, he never calls her out for like faking it. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyone? Yeah, I mean it's I guess it wasn't like completely over the top, but like it's also just a show. Like yeah, it's he's not going to be as like emotional as like No, but but like don't didn't you want to see him say like you you know, you've been faking it this entire time. You haven't been doing what you're supposed to be doing whenever I'm not around. Like there were cameras here. How could you like do you think we wouldn't find out about this? It's like I'm really disappointed in you. Like, you know, like we, we gave you this this fancy house in Oregon. You had this whole opportunity and you just wasted the whole thing. Like he he never says any of that to her. Like he does call her out for faking it and yeah. not following along with the rehearsal because he's saying, like, you know, you don't even care about it when I'm not here, but you care how I act and how I, yeah, but what I get from this experience. But it was very anticlimactic. Yeah. Like yeah. the the climax of this episode was with the fake Angela and it's upsetting. It wasn't with the real Angela. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I understand why she would kind of shut down like this too, though, because it seems like this kind of comes out of nowhere. If you're Angela, where it's like things seem to be fine. All of a sudden, Nathan is like, I want to raise a kid Jewish. They start having all these fights where it seems like they hadn't been having them before. And I feel like she had just checked out like way earlier in the week, like when they were originally arguing in the kitchen. So I think by this point, she was just like, whatever. The next time he brings this up, like I'm done. Um, And I do think that her saying like, I don't understand is this a collaboration? Like what's going on? I thought you were going to direct me more kind (laughs) of. I really like that part of it. And I thought that the her choice of words saying specifically, like, I thought you were going to direct me more was very interesting. Yeah. Now, a lot of our listeners seem to believe that she's an actor. And I think no if she way. was an actor, they wouldn't have left that line in. Yeah, I don't think there's any way that she's an actor. Yeah, she's a real person who might want to. She's trying to get on a TV show. She's kind of pretending to be an actor, but she's not an actor. No, yeah. she, I, I feel like she definitely genuinely... Yeah believes everything that she's saying um and, and if not you would just find someone who does like there's no point in getting an actress for this part yeah yeah, yeah. I, agree, I agree with you definitely i feel like a lot of people just want to say she's an actor because they're like uncomfortable with seeing someone like this on their tv screens and like similar when people were upset with like robin being on the show and that kind of stuff like just because someone makes you feel uncomfortable does not mean that they are not a real person right All right, can we get to the uh, the, the the last couple minutes of the episode? <laughs> yeah, Mir- wait, I do want to talk Miriam's about the glorious return. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, the divorce when he tells Adam about the divorce. Um, yeah. Very oh. casual. <laughs> <laughs> Your mother is gone, and then when he asks Adam, like, "Who am I? Who am I?" and he's like, "Uh, uh daddy." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I love it when the kids don't remember who he is. It's my favorite. <laughs> well, the kid's six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's never around. He's off in LA teaching film school. Yeah, when kids just shrug and they're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they don't know a lot. But yes, I do agree. We should get into this Miriam uh, situation. When she arrives back at the house and she's so elated to hear that 
<laughs> you know, Angela's gone and Nathan's going to be parenting by himself. Oh, Miriam. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, for me, especially, you know, Angela, the way that we find out she's been faking it the whole time. I'm like so mad at her and I'm like, oh, what a, what a fucking asshole. She's going to win my award for fucking asshole the episode. And then Miriam shows up and these last two minutes are like, oh, it's, it's so terrible. Like, you know, as I think, like she reminds me of so many people who, who I think we both know of. And then maybe you guys know as well, Kelly and Megan, who like, like, and everyone has in their own lives, people like this on whatever the issue it is, where like someone has a very strong partisan position about an issue but doesn't really have the firmest grasp on the facts to support it. So they sort of like spout out like slogans and things they sort of half picked up, but they do it in a way that like, for those who aren't already like fully committed to their side, I think just turns people off even more. Yeah. The way that it's presented too, where she's just kind of like talking and it's like the credits are rolling, like fade to black. And it's just Miriam like going on and on and Nathan barely saying anything in response. Just absolutely incredible the way yeah. they, they did this yeah it's like a very veep ending the ending is uh yes is and i mean in, i'm interested to see another interview with miriam after she sees that editing but you know what she said like you have a platform you have to put this on the show and he put it on the show so that's true that's true <laughs> that's she did true. she did get her message out there um yeah. it's 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 very interesting that like putting aside like the politics of it all like she's like literally doing the same thing as Angela, uh, mm-hmm. pro- 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 you know, arguably in a more nefarious way, less nefarious way, whatever. But like she's like her, her only rationale for this position is tribalism. Like she's like doesn't even say because like Israel has this moral position and this political position and this legal position. It's just because like this is your team, so you should support them. Which is like literally what Angela was just being like. Well, Judaism denies Christ, so you know nothing, nothing that could be done. Yeah, although from her perspective. He came to her because he wanted to put that perspective on, right? He came to her ostensibly because he wanted the Jewish position or whatever. And, and but this so, is not the Jewish position. The Jewish position is support Israel because you're no, no, Jewish. No, no, no. It's okay. because but, but, there's but reasons to. But but because she's she's doing a bad. That's what I'm saying. She's a bad advocate for yeah. the cause. She doesn't really fully understand right. it, but she yeah. can't articulate it. But yeah. yeah, but she thinks that's what I'm saying. She thinks she's doing a good thing, and I think there's a lot of people like this in the world on political issues, on religious issues, who think that they're like you know, good partisans for their side, but they're really not because they come off in a really cringeworthy way. And, you know. Yeah. And it's so clear that she doesn't like actually want to talk to Nathan about it. She just wants to like talk at him, Yes, which I think makes it even worse because it's so obvious. Well, but to be fair, like Nathan, that's the reaction Nathan gives everybody. He always says, yeah, yeah sure. Right. Yeah. No matter how, what crazy things people say to him, like, right. Oh, you know, the Sasquatches and, and <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure, go on. Oh, so, okay. Like, you know? Yeah. I, I wonder did <laughs> okay. she bring up like, Palestinian civilians is a complete non sequitur or like, you know, did Nathan trigger it the way he like, you know, brought up Mel Gibson or whatever. I don't know. To Angela. Yeah, we don't know where this came from. Um... Yeah, I would love to hear how this came up. I mean, I'm sure that there was something that brought this up, brought this up on the show, but uh it doesn't take much for uh, a person of uh, Miriam's type. Well, but to... uh, so uh, let me ask you another question, because this is particularly the point that I, I think I'm making, like. When Miriam sees this episode, will she think that she comes off badly in this last couple minutes or will she not? I don't even think she will. Um, I think she'll think that the show is like making like her like the butt of a joke like that. I will think she? Th- I, I think know. so. Like, the, you know, there? as I, you know, you said before, like the way that they frame it as like the ending of the episode in this kind of like absurdist way where it's going past the credits is like. Like, I don't think, like, she's going to view it as, like, oh, they put me as, like, Dakota because, like, I had a great message. Maybe she will. I don't know. Then she's really not self-aware. 
it's tough to say because like it's not like they add any like goofy music or anything right True. like and she was there for the conversation it doesn't seem like they cut it up at any point um like when they start talking about it so yeah actually you might be right she might just be totally like oh yeah this is fine yeah it could be i came off great <laughs> yeah and this is once again like nathan like doing the thing where he's not like standing up right he's just like being overpowered by someone with a stronger opinion yeah i do think it's interesting that like this has come up so much more with the rehearsal where I think people in Nathan for you were treated much worse than people who have been on this show and had said things that are much worse than anything that has been said on the rehearsal thus far too. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah. Maybe they just signed stronger than DAs on <laughs> Nathan for you. I don't know. I mean, which show had a broader audience do you think or a larger audience? Because HBO is bigger than Comedy Central, but like this show seems to be relatively. It's definitely more zeitgeisty. I don't know. This if one more is rehearsal people... is. I think so. Okay. I don't know. I see. I mean. I mean. Obviously, I'm in a bubble where I'm host. I host yeah. a rehearsal podcast. I see rehearsal <laughs> stuff everywhere. I get push notifications on my phone. Yeah, like... it does seem bigger in that way than Nathan for you ever felt. You know, I watched every episode of Nathan for you. I was a big fan, but just like it never felt like any something that anyone was talking about it contemporaneously. Yeah, yeah I feel I, like I would agree. Yeah, I yeah. Feel like the HBO seems bigger. way bigger. Yeah. Anecdotally, more people listen to the rehearsal podcasts than our Nathan for us podcasts. More people listen to the rehearsal podcasts than our current podcasts. Yeah, I think that has to do with it, that it's coming out weekly. It's yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. It's much more interesting than a show that was on in 2002. Um, yeah. And uh, the donuts that they ate apparently were very good. So <laughs> at least they got to end on that part. Yeah. Yes. Not real they're not real. It's not real. Not real. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, Sufkaniot are delicious. That is correct. Miriam is not wrong about everything. All right. Are we ready for our ratings of the episode? I think so. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. Right, I'm Av. ready. Av, why don't you go first? All right. Um, I thought this episode was very fun overall. Um, some good characters, some good twists and turns. Um, kind of, we kind of come to a conclusion of the fall Angela thing. Uh, I guess I, you know, remains to be seen where this goes next. But overall, I would say this is kind of like an average episode of the show, which I've been rating pretty highly. So I'll say this episode is pretty, 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 pretty good for pretties. Uh, I continue to enjoy this ride. All right, Megan, what about you? Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. I also said it was pretty, 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 pretty good. Um, I As you do every week agree. on Nathan Frost, obviously, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, I completely agree that it was a fantastic episode. I love some of the twists and turns we got. I like the funny little segments where we get the snow um, and just the silliness of pouring water on Adam's head and pretending he's at swimming lessons. Um, but I think he could have taken it further. So I think what lacked in making it a five-star episode was really being able to push the boundaries of, you know, a classic Nathan Fielder sketch where it just goes above and beyond its ridiculousness. And I think we've identified a few spots in this episode where um, it could have been bigger and grander and it was a little anticlimactic at points that we thought could have been pushed further. Kelly, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to give a half, but I'm going to do... There's two schools of thought. Either you say the word very quickly or you just say the first few letters of the word. Pretty, 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 pretty. Like a three and a half for me. I thought it was actually this might be a hot take. I actually thought this was the weakest episode that we've seen so far. Oh, wow. um, For me personally. And I think part of it is like, honestly, I'm a little bit tired of Angela. 
Um, I just think that we've seen so much of her. And while I think that the episode had a good message and it was interesting to kind of see the different things that they talked about, especially in terms of like the reality TV of it all. Um, I just thought that it was a little bit too much Angela for my liking. Yeah. And I guess it is also just like kind of frustrating at the end that the whole like Angela thing didn't really add up to much. Um, and now it's just going to be like, all right, now let's see how this works out with Nathan on his own in episode six. So it's like, that wasn't the show. But, yeah. Uh, I reserve but, but, but the right to love show. it next week. We just didn't realize. Different. I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean we, we saw the names of the episodes right away. HBO released those. And episode six is called pretend daddy. So yeah. him being the dad, you know, of the kid at the at the end of the episode was, I think, pretty clear from episode like three or so. That's where we were going. Right. I guess. And and in the poster and everything, it has his fake family. Yeah, but right. I think he, it would he's be the only real one. Exactly. So I think after the show, it's very clear the direction that it was going in partway through. He knew that he would be the only one uh, playing with this family. But it would be interesting to know at the very beginning, especially with the core episode, um, what he thought this show would be because i i suspect that this is not how he envisioned it going yeah i think you guys tackled it in your first episode where you talked about like the pilot kind of being clearly like something completely mm-hmm. different and before COVID. Right. Yeah. yeah definitely agree with that but you yeah. guys have touched on a debate like some of our listeners think like no he sketched out this whole thing from the beginning he knew exactly where it was going and he was just finding like the the, the route to get there I don't think so. I think Patrick leaving is very anticlimactic. I think not having more rehearsals when the show is called the rehearsal. Right. Um, I I would agree that Angela could have paid off a little bit more. Her just leaving on a very pleasant note and, you know, saying thank you quite a few times. Um, I think it could have been much more dramatic if it was planned ahead of time. Um, I think we could have had more rehearsals um, if there was at least one every episode, even if they wanted this overarching plot. Um, I think COVID had a very large impact and being able to find people definitely impacted it as well. Yeah, I mean, I kind of find it hard to believe that like the plan from the beginning was for like Nathan to like take over this whole thing and, and like kick the woman out. Uh, like, uh, was the plan from the beginning of Game of Thrones for Blank to take over the throne at the end? Like, just because well, yes. we didn't see it doesn't mean that wasn't the plan all along. Do you, do you think you have to censor for spoilers still? <laughs> I'm just trying to be sensitive here. I don't know. <laughs> Always so sensitive. It's it's one one. It's the giant. Uh, one one the giant. Fun. Yeah, he's been um, classic. Would have been yeah. better. Yeah. Um, um, before I get before I get to my rating, I just I've been noticing. I just noticed that the whole time I've been here, I've been drinking uh, water oh. and seltzer, and we've oh. talked about mm. Phil's uh, Phil's in Waterloo. So I, I noticed it's orange, and it's uh, too satanic for this episode. <laughs> it's very pe- Halloween. Are, are, are peaches satanic? I don't know. Right. Oh, that's what he says, right? I'm going to come up with oranges. You're going to say this. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Too bad, unfortunately. Yeah, peach. Um, all right. So, you know, I, I, I didn't like the last few minutes of the episode. Just I was like, it was too cringeworthy for me. Uh, I was frustrated by the lack of the confrontation with Angela or going as, like, as I thought it might. But like as a concept, I think this episode is just brilliant. It, to me, it finally reveals where we're actually going all along, which is this is about Nathan. It's not about Angela. It's not about anyone else. It raises even more questions about what's real and what, uh, you know, Nathan's emotions and confronting his tendencies and romantic relationships and his religion and his cultural identity. Is this actually Nathan Fielder? Is this all an act? Like, I'm just super, super fascinated to see the finale to get a deeper glimpse of that. I also think just talking it through with you guys, like on this podcast, I've become like we really highlighted the parallel of like 
Angela controlling him and then his parents controlling him and then Miriam controlling him and and off brought up how like the Hanukkah story is about you know hiding your you know so I I really like all of that so for me I'm gonna say it's pretty 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 good so that's four and a half Um, I really, really, really like this episode. Just, you know, the last couple of minutes, a couple of things annoy me, but listen, making me cringe doesn't necessarily mean it's not good. It's just, uh, let's go to the come with guys or gals. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. And I'll go first. And I'm going to do something. I don't know if it's allowed. Uh, Nathan Fielder. He's my come with guy. Either he's like confronting his own emotions or he's a marvelous actor or a mix of both. But like, no matter what it is, I just say kudos. Like, uh, I think this is so interesting and I'm super pumped for the next episode. Kelly, what about you? You know, I got to give it up to my man. He worked his way through medical school. I'm going (laughs) to give it to Dr. Fart today. (laughs) I really liked the opening. I thought it was super funny. And I just think that the kid actors, all of them so far have been pretty good. Um, You know, this one with his little lies that he was telling, he was just so cute. I don't know. He was so wholesome. And is I it the same it. kid through all of that? Because that's pretty good if it is. <laughs> I actually can't, could not tell. So uh, Dr. Farts was different <laughs> than the swimming kid. Um, yes. And I'll, I'll just jump in here because uh, Sneaky Adam is also my come with guy. Mm-hmm. And the ability to lie on the spot when he lies about the shower immediately and it seems as though nathan doesn't even prompt him he seems like the most come with guy and he's like almost saying lies before nathan he's like no no i i got this covered don't even he rehearsed for these lies yeah Yeah. he's like i know what's going on he could have even come up with the fact that they were taking swimming lessons and i wouldn't be surprised he's like leaning over in the parking lot letting him dump water on his head so two different versions of adam there's two different come with guys here. Uh, I, I like I like Adam number two. He seems like a real one, as discussed, not a snitch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with a come with gal. Um, I'm going with fake Angela. She was dynamite. Um, much yeah. more intense than real Angela, uh, which it takes a lot. And uh, she just, you know, she actually almost won Nathan over uh, in more ways than one. So um, she wins my award. I was so sure that it was going to be three fake Angela's <laughs> and then me vouching for Adam because fake Angela was spectacular. Yeah, yeah. she was amazing. Really good. And she's um, also, gonna is get it, work she also working at the Lizard Lounge? Yes. Yeah, yeah. the bartender. She's also the bartender. Moonlighting. Yeah. By the way, I did just look up on Wikipedia the, uh, the ratings for um, the rehearsal compared to Nathan for you. And oh. It might surprise you to learn that many, many, many more people watched Nathan for You. Wow. Rehearsal. Um, Nathan for You averaged, uh, you know, a bunch of these episodes like 300,000, 500,000, 400,000. Um, and the rehearsal is like paltry. It's like 50,000, 56,000, 117,000, wow. 87,000. We so. just, we know all of them. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's a funny thing uh, how bubbles work. But like yeah, the percentage it, of those people that are listening to one of these podcasts is kind of crazy, actually. But it's like, yeah. it's being covered yeah. like everywhere. And like, I don't think Nathan for you ever felt like it was, but maybe I'm just misremembering. Well, isn't it just like how Mad Men never had the viewers of two and a half right. men? But like, yeah, right. Exactly. It's, it's just a simple a function. Scale. Everybody had Comedy Central on cable and now you have to subscribe and there's all different streamers and it's got to be pushed to the front of your page. And like, there's shows on Netflix that have a hundred million viewers that I've never heard of because they're just not on my page. It's not in my like bubble. So yeah. Yeah. I feel and like again, HBO is HBO's not doing them any favors with like the marketing either. I feel like they have not pushed the show very much. Oh yeah. And and, they may, I mean, and it's super weird, but they make it seem even weirder in the promotions. 
And Nathan hasn't posted on any of his own social medias really about it. He hasn't been promoting it as the episodes are coming out. It's been very like quiet on all of his pages. He um, hasn't even come on our podcast. Very, very <laughs> rude. rude. <laughs> this was the episode to join for. Um, and I, I think to all of us, of course, we're, we're in a bit of a bubble. But again, with the episodes coming out every week, um, I know that Kelly and I are in a bunch of Facebook groups online. You know, we follow the Reddit. There's constantly articles being written about it. It just yeah. seems like this much bigger thing than I guess it is because just everywhere we look and we're just talking about it all the time. Yeah, I completely agree. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. Kelly, who is the fucking asshole on this episode? Oh, my gosh. I have three people written down. I need to pick one of them. I'm going to say it's Nathan. Fair. This one. Perfect. I love Nathan. I think that, you know, in this episode specifically, we really see how much he is willing to push these kind of seemingly normal people for his own benefit. Um, obviously, I still love the guy, though. <laughs> and I love what he's putting out. All right. What about you, uh, Av? Um, I'm going to go with Miriam. Um, I think she, uh, you know, she start, tries to start a religious war on the show and those <laughs> tend to not go well. Um, so, you know, I think that's uh, warrants the fucking asshole of the week. All right, Megan. So I'm a little bit more specific. I have Miriam's hip. I think, <laughs> um, it was all talk and she gave up real quick. Um, and also she, her hip deprived us of another rehearsal on the drive over. Nathan asked if she wanted to rehearse first. She said no. And we had fake Angela, an amazing actress waiting. We could have had a, a big rehearsal for this scene. And, um, yeah, she, she deprived us. Yeah. So Mir- Miriam's hip, what an, what an asshole that hip is. <laughs> um, Not a fan. Yeah. You know, for me, like, with 29 minutes to go in the episode, I would have said Angela because, again, like, I just think, like, faking, like, the whole premise of the show is just, like, frustrating to me. Like, if I'm Nathan, I'm, like, really annoyed by that. Or maybe not because you get to flip it around and change the narrative and you edit it differently. But, like, this person gets flown halfway around the world. Like, go through the motions. You know, it would be like someone on another reality show, like, acknowledging the producers or, like, just doing the things they tell you not to do. It's kind of, like, it's disappointing but then, like, the last three minutes, Miriam just takes it like she's the worst representative of Zionism that I've seen in, in a, maybe since a Jared Kushner or something like that. So, um, and, like, you know, as we said, like, you know, people like her, like, I'm not even sure if she's aware of how terrible she is. Like, she told Nathan she wanted these things on HBO. They were. She might even be happy. I don't know. So I'll say that that Angela is my, is my uh, fucking asshole of the season for getting like this amazing trip and not even like following the rules. And and then Miriam is uh, for this episode. Yeah. Angela sucks, but I cannot blame her for wanting to do the absolute bare minimum and getting a free trip out of it. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> Postman! Postman, come here! Tell the neighborhood! What a Shonda, Larry! Larry David! You are lousy, Jews! But you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! Shonda! Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew! All right, we have first from Will Lane, who says, hello, referring to the email you read on episode four, I had binged all four episodes of the rehearsal, and when I finished, I wanted to look for a podcast. And a pretty, pretty good podcast was the first thing that popped up when I got to episode two. I heard you mention the name change, so your marketing worked. 
Uh, he says he really enjoys the episode with Ali last week. He's also a huge Curb fan, and he's excited to have a podcast library to go through. So, you know, two for one special oh. for uh, Lillane. And if you like Nathan for you, you got another podcast also with uh, a whole back catalog. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big Ali Lasher fan, and I absolutely love the episode which she was on. I thought uh, she was an excellent guest. Yes. Thank you. What did, did you think of the fake Ali? <laughs> you know uh, akiva could have uh, done a little bit more method acting you know could have checked out what kind of tea she drinks looked mm. at her writing might have improved yeah yeah he didn't uh he didn't put in the effort not a uh, student of the fielder method no certainly not <laughs> the key method and the fielder method are very far apart um well speaking of ali lasher she writes in as well and she says five pretties laugh out loud funny Come with Guy is actress Angela for cutting to Nathan's core. Honorable mention to the child actor who pulled off flawlessly lying about his Jewish lessons. The effing asshole is honestly probably the Jewish tutor. Yeah. Um, agree, agree, agree. Based. <laughs> yeah, all base takes. Uh, Michael Breveridge, he says the come with Guy is Dr. Farts. He's unconventional, but gets the job done. Fucking asshole is Miriam for shooting from the hip and not wanting to rehearse, which goes against everything I've learned in the last five weeks. Whoa. <laughs> he says this is his... This is, is this episode. me? Yeah, you wrote, <laughs> wrote it under. Uh, yeah, Michael Beveridge has been studying uh, the Nathan for Us podcast and rehearsing this email. Um, he says this is his favorite episode so far. Certainly the funniest, though. Young Adam 2.0 um, and some great visual gags. I give it the full five out of five. Um, the aforementioned Jim Crumley says Apocalypse was fine. While there was fun to be had with Fielder running people with the opposite worldviews around against each other, those Angela fighting with Miriam felt less insightful than most of the scenes. Nathan succeeded in scaring Angela off, which was good because her story was running thin. And he gives the episode three and a half. Come with guy is Nathan's dad. He clearly didn't want to be there, but was supporting his son anyway. The fucking asshole is Nathan. Angela's probably a bigot, but Nathan's passive-aggressive fake swim lesson chicanery was a little bit much. <laughs> I, I would pay an infinite amount of money to see Angela watching this episode, seeing Nathan pretending to take Adam to swimming <laughs> lessons. Or maybe she doesn't care. I don't know. Or maybe she do. But if she cared, maybe. yeah, she'd be probably. A mother crazy. always knows. Yes. I feel like you can tell. Like, you would be able to tell if a kid did not go to swimming lessons. They would not smell like chlorine. Like, he was so wet. Yeah. My, my, my From kids, swimming. My kids How are the would worst you liars. see that? Six year olds are very bad liars. This kid's an excellent liar. Yeah, well, he's a professional actor. My kids are not, so that's true. Yeah. You mean you don't respond to Craigslist yeah. ads for your kids? <laughs> uh, any, any more? Uh, yeah, we got two more. Zach Brooks says, Nathan likes to manipulate people is the thesis statement of his career. And the yeah. cloves, I thought you said clothes delivery made me laugh so hard. Tons of questions, Jewish questions and answers that will get this podcast back to its roots. Come with Guy is the Jewish tutor. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. A Jewish tutoring podcast could be the next idea once the rehearsal ends. Fucking asshole is a tie between Angela, Mel Gibson, and the biased media. <laughs> and he, said, he ends off saying, four pretties, get a life, Jews, and use your platform to talk about how beautiful Israel is. Yeah. <laughs> and finally... With the return of Olin Allen to the oh, basement. Wait, hold on. Before we let Olin Allen close, the, yeah. there was one comment from our from Beat Rose in uh in the in the uh, chat that we have yeah the podcast, which I wanted to read and get your guys' feedback on. I thought this is a a nice little piece of writing here, or he has a good idea. Anyways, he says, I think there's a really interesting commentary on control and having control of our lives that's going on. Nathan puts it up to Angela that she got to choose everything about the scenario, then she was in control. 
but she felt like he was in control because of his show and he's controlling things, which of course we talked about. I think there's a lot of times in life where it's easier to feel like someone else is in control, which brings in a lot of religion. And Nathan and Angela both wanted the other person to feel like they're in control while still having it go the way that they want. It's a very common feeling in life and relationships, etc. The whole idea of the rehearsal in general seems to be what you can and can't control in a situation. Ultimately, Nathan trying to control things he can't control, which is probably a component in why religion hasn't been a very big part of his life, meaning like Nathan's real life. So what do you guys think about that from Beat Rose? Jason? Yeah, I mean, definitely on the control piece, like I think that's at the basic premise of the show. He talks about it a lot in every episode um, and we see it in his flow chart building and then even going back to episode one when Core goes off script um, and kind of throws things out the window. In terms of the religion part, that's pretty interesting. Um, I don't know, Meg, what do you think? Yeah, I I definitely agree with everything you have to say. It's kind of funny because I think in a lot of religious beliefs and uh, I'm not religious and I I, I don't know a lot about religion. um, So definitely correct me if I'm wrong. But I think a lot of it is having faith that like, this is the way things are supposed to be and that you don't actually have as much control as you think you do because, you know, there's a higher being controlling everything and things are meant to be. Um, So it's interesting that Angela had such a strong opinion on it um, instead of perceiving it as like, maybe this is God testing me and I should be standing up for Jesus in this moment and I should stay and make sure that this voice is heard on HBO and like this big platform. Um, So, but from the Nathan perspective, it's interesting that he, again, is telling uh, Angela that he doesn't feel that he's in control. But I think that that would also, for him, be accurate because he's getting influence from his parents. There's the whole HBO and he is the director. So maybe he should be perceiving that he actually has more power than he thinks he does or that he's letting other people believe. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that, yeah that, that's what makes a lot of sense. I mean, like the like the religion thing, I mean, for like I, I, a lot of people, it's like the alternative is just like randomness and chaos. And like, that's like so scary. Um, mm-hmm. but, like just like kind of like the way conspiracy theories, like for people, like they make them feel better that like, oh, it's because, you know, like there's really like a deep state that's like pulling the strings rather than just like, so no shit happens sometimes. And there's nothing we can do about it. Um, it's a lot scarier. Um, and like, but like, that's not real control. That's just like, Take like artifice of control, which like to me has just been like the gnawing like down downtrack of like this whole series is that like Nathan just like keeps creating like trappings of situations rather than actually confronting the real thing. Um, and I'm curious to see if that's like part of where this is headed is like him like like part of the show having to be like him realizing that like he has to like really tackle issues and not just like create you know, fake constructs around them. Um, Cause that's really what most of the show has been and it's been highly entertaining, um, but it's just kind of lacked some of that luster for me as a result. I think goes probably... to therapy episode six. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably the best example of him truly having control is when Patrick went gold digging with that grandpa and that whole situation he set up, like so flawlessly yeah. Patrick went along with it. And I think a lot of us are assuming that in hindsight, Patrick realized what was happening and that's why he didn't come back on the show. But the rest of it is very much him having to go along with, uh, you know, whatever Angela wants her dream life to be. And so it would be interesting to see a little bit of post-production of, you know, how did Angela decide what she wanted her perfect life to be? How did they go about picking the house? How much influence did Nathan have on that? to get a peek behind the curtain of, 
you know, who who's actually telling the truth and right. who do we perceive has more control? It's yeah. interesting based on what you were saying before, Megan, like Nathan is literally the God in this show. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Angela never like verbalizes that. But I mean, she is a person who has a deep faith and like Nathan is literally that here. And although she doesn't verbalize it, that might be part of what makes her uncomfortable on the show. Yeah, I mean, he literally turns back time, right? Because he doesn't yeah. like how it went. Now, he did ask her, though, for permission to turn yeah. back time. So did she say yes, because that's what she was genuinely okay with? Is it just an easy thing to say in hindsight of, oh, no, you made this decision when he actually went up and asked her? Could she have said no? Um, right. Well, you know, happens. religions convince, tell people that they have free will, which science uh, may not agree with. So, right. So maybe Nathan just wants her to think she has free will. I yeah, know. I think like the question of him asking her, can I turn back time to goes back into the like, is it really a collaborative effort or is this just Nathan's rehearsal all along? And Angela perceived that Nathan was taking it over anyway. So I think at that point, she just went along with whatever he wanted. Yeah, I mean, she definitely, like, yeah, I mean, like, once you're, like, emotionally checked out of this, like, it's a bit ridiculous to still be doing it at all. Like, once that, you know, artifice is broken, like, what, like, what are we doing here? Well, so let me, you know, my wife and I were at a bar recently, and it's this bar where, like, it's like a mystery. And, and like, with each drink you order, you get another clue and you have to find out the mystery. And at a certain point, uh, largely contributing based on how many drinks we had had, I said to Jen, I'm like, do you give a shit about this? She's like, no. I'm like, so why are we doing this? And then we just stopped. But like, we continued to enjoy the experience of the bar. And then there was like a show and we were getting more drinks. And so like, Angela might have just wanted to continue to be there because she's in this fancy house and she's living this little pretend life. But um, so she, you know, but I guess eventually she tires of that as well. She just survives the mystery. No, because I, we didn't care. <laughs> also, like again, like we had a lot of drinks, so. There was a burlesque show in the middle. It was like very cool. Oh my God. This bar sounds, sounds incredible. incredible. This was in Montreal. I can tell you guys where it is. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Definitely send that yeah. over. I, I, can't, I can't tell you the name of it because I literally can't pronounce it. That's okay. Yeah. We, if you just type it out, we'll, yeah, we'll my, figure my, it out. My, yeah. my French is very bad. <laughs> They'll take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. We got this. That, that bar sounds incredible. Um, right, um, so I, I do Ellen? have a question. Oh. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So if this was all set up to be uh, Nathan's ultimate rehearsal, if that is true, I don't think it makes sense for him to have Angela as his co-parent because I don't think that would accurately reflect his life. So I think it's probably something he stumbled into because there's no way he dates someone like Angela in real life and this accurately reflects his real life situation. Yeah, I mean, then, right. If that was always the plan, like, why would he not have just set it up from the outset as, like, we're doing my thing under, like, what my dream is, and, like, I'm going to try to bring in someone to match my, you know, interests. Um, yeah, I think it's probably more that this just kind of happened, and then, like, they kind of retrofit some of the editing in previous episodes to make it more naturally lead towards this conclusion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm so excited to see what happens next week. Yeah. Um, all right. What so let's Olin just, say? yeah, let's quickly end things off with Olin Allen, who says he was shouting at the end of the podcast that the title Apocalypto, maybe even the end of the episode, the title Apocalypto could have been related to the Mel Gibson film, which was his follow up to The Passion of the Christ. No, 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 no. no. Ah, what he's saying is 
at the end of last, oh, week's, last podcast, week's podcast, we said, why is this episode called Apocalypto? Because yeah, we have never heard of that movie. And Owen, who's a movie buff, was yelling at the podcast uh, because of the Mel Gibson movie, and he was correct. <laughs> and actually. he was right. Yeah. Uh, I believe I may have been somewhat right. Still haven't watched a second of the show due to lack of availability, but I'm pretty much synced <laughs> yeah. up with why? Jim Crumley. Um, anyway, all I have for this week is Mel Gibson, so I guess I will make him the fucking asshole. Yeah, oh, if you're um, listening to this podcast without watching this show, I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on. So I don't know. How to- <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're having trouble potentially finding the episode, there's a wonderful Facebook group called Nathan for You Business Posting. I'm not saying oh. you can find anything there, but it's a great discussion group, and maybe you'll find something there. All right, someone can point you in the right direction. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. Let's briefly uh, watch the uh, the 15-second trailer we have for Ooh. next week's episode. Oh, yes. We don't get these in Canada. Oh, uh, really? Oh, it, no. It gives, you, it gives you very little information. <laughs> I haven't seen this yet. All right. Do you feel like I'm, like... Believable. I mean, you're a great scene partner. Good. Nice. What every parent wants to hear. <laughs> I mean, some things you want to be prepared for, but you know what I mean. Oh. <laughs> you guys can you can clap. Yeah. So, you know, for podcast listeners, if you're in Canada and you haven't seen that, like there's, there's very little you can uh, pick up from that. <laughs> Basically, it's him going through the fourth wall or being met or whatever term you want to use, like talking to the child actor as an actor, uh, t- t- talking to the extras as actors. So it doesn't seem like Nathan's taking the uh, scenario seriously <laughs> after accusing Angela of that, you know? <laughs> Does that change your opinion on Angela being your asshole of the episode? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't really know what to think of, of 20 seconds. But, I mean, what do you guys think? It's called pretend well, daddy. <laughs> well, we do see a brief clip of him meeting Angela in the park, yeah. which I'm not sure if people will be excited yeah. or upset by that information that she is potentially back. Yeah, or I wasn't excited to see her just then. It could be I guess. Clip. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we've moved on. Yeah. I'm interested because we saw the set of the house again. Yeah. So, yeah, where is this taking place? Is this all a rehearsal? TBD. I will say I rewatched the original trailer last week mm-hmm. just to check in on what, what had not been shown yet. And there's another uh, 15-year-old or 18-year-old Adam who mm-hmm. is very creepy. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, so, maybe, so we might get all the way to 18. Yeah, or they might have just put stuff that made, didn't make the cut in in the uh, trailer. So, yeah, hard to say. Do you well, do you guys ever get well, disappointed when you remember a moment from a trailer and then you see the movie and it's not actually in the movie? I'm I have a really awful memory for trailers, so I honestly hardly ever notice. I feel like trailers now just give away so much of the movie. Yeah, I, I at this point I I avoid them, but I try when to. we're uh, on our podcast, whenever we're theorizing things, we call it putting on our tinfoil toques. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you go to a movie theater, like, they're kind of just in your face. But otherwise, I try to not watch. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's the end of The Postman. Um, I guess that's the end of our episode. Anything else for us to say here? Uh, if you're a pretty, pretty, pretty good listener, go listen to Nathan for us. 
Yeah, and if you're a Nathan Frost listener, go listen to Pretty 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 Good. Right. What 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 are you guys doing after next week? Uh, we're actually not fully done, Nathan, for you. Um, oh, so okay. we do oh. have a, a little bit of the last season to finish. Um, so we're going to dive back in. And then, of course, we have Finding Francis at the end. Um, right. mm-hmm. And then after that, we're going to watch The Curse. So we're yeah. all in oh, on cool. Nathan Fielder. Ah, all right. <laughs> That's awesome. our brand. And when is The yeah. Curse coming out? No idea. They're just filming it now. Oh. Um, they were filming it in June, at least, in New Mexico. So probably not till 2023, but we'll find some stuff to talk about in between. Mm. Oh, wow. Safety Brothers and Emma Stone. Oh, this is like a big thing. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's going to be incredible. Very um, cool. All right. Well, before, before one of you joked and said um, episode six would just be Nathan in therapy. Have you guys ever seen the show Couples Therapy on Showtime? Yes. Yeah. W- which is so it's. Uh, it's just it's a real therapist and real couples and they agree to be recorded and it's uh, kind of wild but um, I don't know maybe that's something someone should podcast about maybe there's a podcast but I have no idea what what are you guys doing after the rehearsal we're not sure yet um, <laughs> maybe party down um, has been discussed um, we're open to ideas we're looking for something yeah yeah we'll definitely send you some if we think of it please couples, do couples therapy after. yeah I don't think that's going to yeah, be a good idea. You guys should come on a Nathan for you episode. Okay, for sure. We, could, we would all do that. Awesome. Yeah, we have a handful left. It would be really fun. Or we can cover a bunch of this hour has 22 minutes. Clips <laughs> we can, we can, so yeah, many we, random things. We can do that too. That sounds great. So w- he was just like like a correspondent, like Stephen Colbert on The Daily Show, basically? Yeah. Exactly, okay. yeah. Got it. Very short, random clips. Um, they're They're all pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot on YouTube that you can find too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I might do a little uh, rabbit hole of that when we sign off. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Pretty Good Curb on Twitter. So at Pretty Good Curb. Um, and that's our only social media. So hit up us hit us up there. You can uh, subscribe on Anchor or on uh, iTunes, all the other podcasts. If you're listening to this, then we're on whatever you're listening to it on, I think. Um, so uh, check us out. Yeah. Yeah. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Nathan for us pod. Follow us on TikTok at Nathan for us podcast. Um, oh, why don't we have tiktoks yeah you guys should definitely get on tiktok it's very fun um we just got the ability to go live oh. so at some point we'll do that um, um but yeah tiktok is great i i i watch tiktok i never contribute to tiktok check us out kelly's great on it <laughs> i root i root her on and benefit from all of her hard work <laughs> So this has been Alex and Av and Kelly and Megan on your side. Get a life, Jews.